Attention. The National Weather Service has issued a hurricane warning for the entirety of the National Hockey League. Please stay tuned for further information from the Storm Cellar. Welcome back to the Storm Cellar. Uh, Brad and Ray are with you, as always. That's, I mean, it's our show. I probably don't need to say that every time, but <laughs> it's kind of habit. So <laughs> what are you going to do? But we are joined by our good friend today. Colin is here uh, from uh, Colin Home Ice on Twitter. So Home Ice Advantage is the show. Um, we've kind of traditionally kind of gone away from traditional guests during the playoffs and stuck more to the hockey. So we kind of formalized that this year. And so, you know, we figure we'll bring on guests that, that we've had on the show before and we'll we'll link back to their story so you can see who they are, where they come from, if you don't know who they are. Um, but that way you get more than just Ray and I, because Ray and I sometimes are an echo chamber, right? We tend to agree on most things, I think. So yeah. it's nice to bring in people who may have completely opposite opinions. So welcome. Uh, how, a Ray, how are you? And then I'll let you officially introduce Colin again, I guess. I am. I'm great. The weather has uh, turned. I mean, it's turned great here at Calgary. We're well into spring. I do know there's at least two more winters coming, but I'm enjoying it. That's just the way it is around here. We're going to get light. In fact, uh, two days ago, it was snowing and you could never tell. You could never wow. tell right now. It just it changed. The weather changes so quickly. We have rain Change. and not snow today. I'm I'm very excited. We have the the pool is open. Oh, beautiful! I I wow. saw that pool heater. One of the best <laughs> investment for for people in New England because you can open the pool like two months earlier than otherwise. Otherwise, we'd open the pool in June. Glorious, absolutely glorious. Um, you know the the Leafs winning made the house here a little bit better um, was it frosty that's good it was no it wasn't frosty and you know what I, and i've and i've thrown my support i'm trying to gain uh you know favor by secondarily cheering for the leafs and it's not so much that i like the leafs it's more i I would like to see, you know, happy wife, happy life. That's what everyone says. After you officially introduced Colin, uh, I want to come back to that about uh, liking teams, disliking teams. I, I just have a quick thought. Cool. Well, and and we will get to that. And and it just uh, more more than that for me. I just want to see the Leafs get out of the first round because man, they're <laughs> they're fans of a have yeah, there are a couple been cool tortured enough. I mean, there are a few. Poor, good poor Steve Dangle. I don't want that guy to have an aneurysm. Oh, let them win. I don't want them winning the cup. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not changing no. that much. But but out of the first round, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And of course, uh, I, I gotta say, our our guest, he's uh, he's putting in the yeoman's effort to bring us the goods, the breakdowns of every single game. I've listened to them all. And uh, he's he's knocking it out as always. Colin, thank you so much for what you've done with Home Ice Advantage. You know, you get to it and you get to it quick. I mean, that's the one thing that I've enjoyed because you know it's not. I'm you could keep going, but the fact that you got it short and to the point and hit hit the notes. That's what's outstanding. We have been tending to go long because we like to break things down. 
but you've got it nice snippet. So Colin, thank you so much for joining us again. And we will let everyone know your backstory and, and Brad, you're absolutely right. There's so much to talk about having the, the new Caniacs on is kind of our modus operandi, but for the playoffs and stuff, we love to uh, break down the essentials and get right to it. So we have not forsaken all of you Caniacs and jerks all over the world who we will talk to. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. There's still a list. I yeah. Have, there's a list still a huge list, but now we're, now we're getting into it. Colin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Also, am I the only person to appear on the show four times? How many times? Yeah. Has it been that time? Many? Yeah. Yeah. So if you include had, the stadium had, series of me twice, for like yeah. all of 30 seconds. That's yeah, right. And you and you know what? We've had a couple of uh we've had a couple of questions about that. I have personally. We are I'm getting the stadium series session together. And I think I'm gonna put it out in the um I'm gonna put it out in the postseason after everything's done as a kind of uh hey, you remember how great the stadium series was? This is what it was like, and like just that kind of better a, than Brad didn't edit it. <laughs> a dude, I was <laughs> I was trying to cover, I was trying to cover for you, but there you go. Oh no, no, I hey life happens. You're owning it. No, 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 first, right? It's it's busy and it was one of the things that since it didn't get done in the first week, you know, it, everybody's moving on, right? You got you to yep. move forward. You can't keep looking back. So that's when we kind of decided, hey, you know, a postseason, we can talk about it. Maybe we get, uh, we can get Mike Solarte back on. Oh, that'll be nice. that one. And, and maybe we can do a little talk with Mike and wrap up and, and what he thought about it. I know that they're looking at an outdoor game in Charlotte. He's posted out for next year with the checkers. Oh, wow. So I think I'm going to make plans to go down for that one too. So that should be a lot of fun. That would be sensational. So, so let's get at it here. Um, this series, hey, did anyone? I mean, there's there's got to be a, me- a message to the fans. And while it sucks to lose the game, did anyone really, honestly, in their heart, believe this was going to be a sweep? Of course not. No. I mean, we, uh, I mean, Brad, I know you suggested six. I su- suggested six. What did you call Colin for how many games? I also, I also called six. I had no way thought it was going to be a sweep or even a gentleman sweep. Yeah. Yeah. That it was. And go ahead, Brad. I was going to just to add. So there's a bunch of factors in the game three this year. The Canes swept them last year. They're up two nothing, right? The Islanders are just being embarrassed by the Canes at that point. It's the first game at UBS, first playoff game at UBS mm-hmm. in their new arena because last year was at the Barclays Center. And you have, you know, that you have a lot of fuel there, right, from the fans, from the team that they're going to come out swinging. Like, I, I, it was closer than I thought it would be most of the game. The final score is irrelevant, right? We all agree that those last four goals, only, you know, one of those is really, you know, something I worry about. The, maybe that second one, maybe to make it 3-1. Yeah. But the reality is that the Canes played a good first, a so-so second, and a bad third. And we're only down in the last four minutes of the game. I mean, they, they took it 56 minutes before the game was decided. I'll take that for a game three every single time. I'm, I'm totally okay with that game. 
realistically, they just got upset that they got scored on. They knew that the chances of being so broken to tie the game were not impossible, but very close to it. So they got upset because they grinded through this game. They had a victory in the in their hands, even though, again, they had played a not great second and then somehow even worse third. And then they got scored on, and they were like, dang it. And they got upset, and they got emotional, and they kind of left Ronta and that just there to dry. And he got, you know, absolutely dominated for the final, what, four minutes? Yeah, totally. And I, the one thing that I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know, the, the one thing that I've seen, some of the greatest opportunities that the Islanders had to score, there were forwards playing in a defensive position because of the style of hockey that we play. And the Islanders had found ways to create these fantastic opportunities, most of which uh, Father Finn was able to, you know, solve the problem for it. He was the, uh, you know, what is it? The the safety net, right? <laughs> you, you, you take these chances because you know you've got a guy in net who's going to make the stop when you need it but you can only go to the well so many times, right? Before something happens. Uh, I was thoroughly impressed with, with Ronta. Some of the saves again, he has no business making no goaltender has no business making and he's there for it. We, uh, Anyone giving him heat right now just isn't paying attention. And it was frustrating to listen to the broadcasts that were saying, wow, this is crazy. Ronta's in net. This is kind of a surprise. I think, guys, if you've been watching, did you do any research before the series started? I mean, it was, he was the guy. He deserved the shot. Um he deserved the shot and he still deserves to be in net, even though he's dropped the game. And I say he dropped the game. He didn't drop the game. Everyone else in front of him did. End of story. I, I can't put that any better. In no way should, was that game on Ronta. It, he kept him in that game. How, he made what, like 10, 12 amazing, spectacular. Yeah. Oh my God, I, I'm yelling in my <laughs> living room saves. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, um, who was it? Um, I can't remember who did it. Whoever made it the um, two-one. Palmieri, okay. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, Paul. Yes. And then again, Horgan just got upset, including Martin Natchez, you know, throwing a punch on the Islanders bench. <laughs> like that was pure emotions there. Yeah. How do you guys uh, feel about that punch? Uh, for, I'll start just to throw it out there so I don't think like I'm copying somebody. Um, I'm fine with that. He got he, So I'm fine with the check into the bench. That's a yep. clean hit. That's fine. I'm fine with him standing up. I'm not fine with him breaking his, taking and breaking his stick, which is why he then threw the punch. Some people are like, oh, like, you know, we're already down forwards. You're going to get suspended for that. You're going to get caught for that. You're not. It's the playoffs. Like, the yeah. ref, even if he was watching, he's like, okay, he got knocked in the bench. Somebody took his stick and he punched him. Glove on. Nobody really got hurt. You know, he was just taking a swing. They're not calling that in the playoffs. Come on. No. It was fine. I I, I was glad to see Nate just ticked off. 
Maybe today we'll see ticked off Marty Natchez and he'll net a couple. Go ahead, Colin. What do you think? Absolutely. I loved it. Absolutely. There was, of course, there's a clean hit. There was nothing wrong with him being thrown into the bench. Um, taking the stick away is just, you know, I mean, that's playoff hockey. They're trying to get under his skin. So he threw a punch. And I think Brad's right. There was no way that would have been called. They broke his stick. It's kind of like the high sticking at the end of game two. There's just no way they're going to make that call. Not not this at that late stage of the game, especially since the Islanders is already going to run that game. What's the point of getting them the power play? Right. I'll I'll tell you what, guys. I'll end up being the contra- contrarian here. Um, the only I I didn't like I didn't like it, but for different reasons. The Islanders are going to they're they're mucking it up they're mucking up the game right and they're doing everything they can to take every player's minds off of their sole focus and the style of play that they have and it was clear that natchez was frustrated i don't know that that punch was the frustration of being dumped in and losing his stick i think the frustration came from virtually everything in the game and the fresh like he was he was targeted and the islanders are are targeting everyone that whole annoyance chippiness everything that you you see in the playoffs it says well that's playoff hockey and i think it just got to him in the situation and he gets dumped in everyone's cheering going nuts and he's frustrated and he punches him and it's like i I don't mind the punch, but it's like, dude, you're showing that their plan is working and now they're going to double down on you watch game this game four coming up in just a little over two hours. They're going to be on it again and they're going to double down on it. And you got to find a way to get through that. But for, for the record, punching Brock Nelson was fine. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. The punch itself is fine, but you, what it means is more. And I'm sure hoping that they can just kind of wipe those final four minutes, four five minutes off their minds. Just wipe it away, flush it. Uh, Colin, you've said that before. Those times you just flush that tape or whatever and focus on what's coming up in this game. And get back at it. You're, you're 1,100 billion percent right that it showed that the Islanders were doing what they needed to do. They got underneath nature's skin, but they got under everyone's skin. Oh, no question. The cross check to the back and then friggin' sitting on stall yeah. in game, like how that went and the uh, the and the complaints about it the complaints about the refing in that game from islander fans was comical it was absolutely I like the ones who say that the refs are favoring the hurricanes in general it's like just look at the stats for the last like three years and see who the most penalized team in the league is yeah like, carolina's yeah. in like the top three every time like it, get out of here here's the real thing is if the if after 60 minutes the islanders don't have more penalties than carolina then it was game management and i, I don't even say that as a homer i say that because 
again, the Islanders were trying to muck up the game. They were doing these little extra things, hoping not to get called because it's the playoffs. But uh, there were, I said it before, there were black and white rules. If it's a trip, you're going to be called. It's just, if it's a blank trip, it's a blank trip. If you draw blood, there's nothing they can do. That's a letter of the law. It's a double minor. So I, mm-hmm. I think it's all overblown that, uh, well, they got six power plays. And I didn't Which get is... any. First of all, there was a penalty. As I, I can't stand everyone. The, the Islanders didn't get a single call. That's not true. They got one call. It killed off half of the double minors. Shut up. Maybe watch the game before you complain. Maybe and maybe keep your stick down. I don't know. Just you know, maybe. maybe. Well, that's exactly it. And they and they say six penalties, but understand, the refs blew the whistle and raised their arms only four times. Only four penalties they actually called. The results of two of those were because of blood, and they tacked on an extra two minutes. So, no, they didn't get six. They got four. And the one that they called against Turbo before he got his hand chopped off against Pajot. Pajot, congratulations on your masterwork class for diving send that tape to every uh football slash soccer team in the world because that was a master class dive and how you how he sold it it was ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and did they miss the call on the high stick or whatever? Yep. I think they did. But you know yeah. what? You don't start crying about it as a player in the middle of the play. You, If you want to cry about it, if you want to take issue with the official, you do it after the play is stopped and you got what you deserved. So shut up. But if you're, if you're an Islander, feel free to stop in the middle of the play. As a matter of fact, I think all of you yeah. should stop and, and go. Yeah, yeah right we'll there. continue. Everyone on the ice needs to stop, go talk to the official, and the whole game. Yeah, everybody yeah, in blue can just, just stop hey. what you're doing and go go cry. It's fine. And that's happened for us before to our benefit. I, who? Or what? <laughs> how about that overtime one, right? Where everyone thought the, they were going to blow the whistle for right the, blue line, the yeah. extra man at the blue line or whatever. And the boys just said, really? You're not? Okay. Well, we'll just take care of this. And thank you, Slavin. I believe it was Slavin that scored that goal. Correct? I can't. I can't remember. I it, it was, was either Slavin or Marnuk, but I think Marnuk was behind the play. That's what was going on, and then Slavin scored. I don't remember. Man, oh man! It was one of those two, though. I it, it was think, frustrating. So I you know, the three, go ahead. No, go ahead. Real quickly, the three of us have watched a lot of hockey, and I don't know if I've ever seen a team behave the way the Islanders are right now. And that I'm not going to say they're gooning it up because I think that like. You just don't know what a goon is if you think they're gooning it up. Um, but they are playing, you know, dry, grindy playoff hockey. And while doing that, they also try to oversell everything. They take the dive, a Hurricanes player breathes on them. Oh, my God, my face. Like, what are you guys doing? You, you can't snap. be both. You can't be the we're going to grind and pound you and the oh, my God, you know, Aho looked at me funny. Like, what What are you doing? They can't be both ways. They've got that head snap going. Yeah. yeah. And you see the head snap? Oh, my God. Oh, I think you got me. Now, look. Hey, KK busted. 
the one that one high stick sell that he they called a high stick on him in I can't, I can't remember i think it was game two or game no it was game one game one and he sold it in the draw they're taking the face off and the pucks dropped the play is moved and buddy uh, i can't remember who he was against but he brings up his stick near his neck doesn't actually touch him kk snaps his head back and because the ref isn't actually watching directly but he does see the reaction he raises his hands and calls a penalty and i and uh, i mean colin you know me and brad are always talking during games i'm like wow kk sold that one like i don't like seeing that the benefit was fine although i say the benefit is fine putting us on the power play is not really yeah no. fine. i wish we could just decline those penalties guys just stop honestly honestly yeah. I, i'm all for fighting fire with fire but that's the funny thing about the honor complaints from their fans is, you know, oh, I can't believe we got called for six times. It's like, you did you see the graphic? Our power play in the playoffs is like, oh, you know, away is it two percent or three percent? It's it's fine. Okay, you can take ten penalties, and if we get one power play goal, I'd say that's probably better than average for us. Right I'm now. I'm yeah. gonna put this to you guys right now. Here's a here's a question for you. Do you think the anemic, abysmal abomination that the Hurricanes, yeah, I know it's harsh, but it is what it is, that the Hurricanes power play is, do you think that that actually fuels the Islanders' willingness to go the extra mile? Because even if we take a penalty, there's nothing to worry about here like teams that have great power plays you generally do not muck it up quite the way the islanders do and the hurricanes power play is so bad it's irrelevant and therefore the islanders can be a a little bit more is that you're on that is that is that just me being i don't know tinfoil hattish no, you're 100% on that because, first of all, you know, as, as good on the penalty kill as the Hurricanes are, the Islanders were right there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not as good technically if you want to look at the numbers, but paper's paper, live action, they're practically the same. And we, our power play has been hot garbage for a very long time. It is, mm-hmm. It's just been bad. So, it absolutely is a factor because, yay, if you draw blood on Pesci or Ajo, it doesn't matter. It's, what's going to happen? They're going to get four minutes of a power play where they're going to do absolutely nothing, and we get to rest a few guys, and we'll move on. Like, it, it just is what it is. Yeah, Except Sebastian Ajo would score for the wrong team. Like, yeah, that was a, that was, that was a beauty. But yeah, if, <laughs> if, you give us a, if you give us two double minors in a game, and we get three shots on those eight minutes. You know, I, I don't know what the actual number was, but it certainly felt really low. I wouldn't worry. I would, if I'm the coach, I'm doing the same thing. Oh, totally. You know? The and, reality and... is that the Hurricanes are 0 and 7 in their last playoff road games. 0 and 7. I mean, it's just 0 and 8, good. I think. Oh, and is it 0 and 8? Oh, so yeah, yeah. go back to the previous. Yeah. So that may 0 and 8. I mean, so I'm going to put, yeah, and I'm going to put another question to you guys. Concerning that specifically, I've been thinking about it. 
um, about the style of play that Rod has cemented into this team. I wonder if his style of play, the style of play that we do so well is it's one weakness is we don't get the last change. The one weakness to it, because when you think about it, he's always able to get the right guys and match up the match up the play and stuff. So they can be, you know, they can push forward. They can set the lines properly or whatever. And that what that's what makes the man to man work so well. When you go into another barn and you don't get the last change, you can't optimize which players are going to play man to man against which. And so that's where the success drops a little bit. You think there's anything to that? I've been considering it, looking at it going, you know, it's great because he can match up the lines, but what is it? I've been thinking about this a lot. And truthfully, I don't think there's anything there. I think it's one of those times where we hyper fixate on something. I mean, it, it is strange to have lost eight road games in a row. That's not something you want. It's not something preferable. But, like, we could have won game three. Mm-hmm. And, we, and then one goal by um, Paul Mary late, and now we don't. Yeah. So a lot of it has to be mental at this point. But I do think, I mean, obviously there's an advantage to when you can change and how you can match. So that's definitely a thing. But no, I think it's way overplayed at this point. I think it's just something that happens. And eventually they'll win a road game and then hopefully we'll never talk about this again. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that would be nice, wouldn't it, Colin? I mean, seriously, these guys, uh, that the whole reason why I picked the, you know, Hurricanes in six was be the belief that there is at least, if you're going to win the series in six, it means the winner has won a game on the road, at least one on the road. So let's make it happen. And to agree with Colin, the Hurricanes were 24, yeah. 11, and six on the road this year. They, they can win road games. They're, 20, they're 24, 11, and six. They, they, certainly, the road. they certainly can, Brad. But the, que- but the question, though, is 24, 11, and six on the road in the, in the regular season is one thing. Winning on the road in the playoffs, maybe a little different, you think? A, a little, yes, but not 0-8 versus 24-11-6. Yeah, no, 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 you're you know right. I mean? like, yeah, I'm following you. If you did half as well in the playoffs as you do in the regular season, you're still winning a road game for everyone you lose instead of 2-1. to one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Does last change make a difference? It does. Um, I think it was Aaron Hatfield on Twitter. Um, shout out to her. I think it was, I think she was the one who found it. Might have been Ari Manning writes, who found an interview with Martin Saint Louis talking about the Habs, right? And mm-hmm. what he was talking about was he hated playing for coaches who had a system, where that system did not allow him the flexibility to play make, and and they, they kind of compared that to our system and Rod and our players. And I think that they're not wrong. I think in order to play in Carolina, you have to bind a rod system. It's what has made the Hurricanes exceptionally good at hockey. 
I'm not going to say great because they need to prove that in the playoffs, but exceptionally yeah. good at hockey. However, Rod Brindamore and not Jeff Daniels, as Colin likes to say, is, is your power play coach. It's Rod Brindamore. It should not be Rod Brindamore anymore. No. Um, players have come and gone. We see the same issues, and they have these peaks of getting it done and then these really long periods of nothing or stagnation. That 3% mark in the playoffs – you know, for the power play on the road, three percent, three and a hundred. The That's... Islanders could literally take fifty penalties, and you probably don't score two goals. That's think about that. Think, think about that. They could spend the entire game down a man, and the statistics for the last three years say that you would not get more than two power play goals if they spent the entire game a man down. They barely get any shots. The, the power against. play needs to be outside of rod system you play rod system when you're on the power play you play i don't care who else's system for those two minutes or preferably for less than two minutes because you're going to score a goal right there, there's something to that so love rod uh rod is the right coach for the people who are bashing or bagging on rod that maybe he's not it rod's not the issue with why they're not winning the playoffs it's just, he's, he's just not right however not scoring and giving guys the creativity to make those breakouts and put those things in. Some of that is him. Some of it, I blame Don Waddell. Brendan Moore, I know, likes a certain guy. Two-way forwards, good checking, good at offense, no snipers, no traditional snipers except for maybe Max, right? Max gets hurt. Feshikov is hurt. So who's who's the guy? Who's the one guy who's just going to bury the puck? You know, somebody, a bunch of people on, on Twitter the other night were like, oh, Jesse had a great look, like he's getting close. Great. Love that he's getting close. He's been getting close for three weeks. How about one of them goes in? Just statistically, at some point, one of them is going to happen to go in because of a fluke, right? Like, and I'm not blaming Jesse. I'm saying you could say that about Jesse, KK, Turbo before he got hurt. Aho, you know, Fost had one the other day. Like, and, and, Boss has been playing great. And I'm not trying to bag on any of the guys, but how many open nets do our guys just miss? I don't know if they're rushing. I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know what it is, but you know, we, they get looks and I'm like that. How is that not buried? Like, I just don't understand. Like yeah. that's the best in the world. And, and not that you're not going to miss some, but some of the guys miss them way more than I would think they should. I mean, that's, you know, it's an, it's an anecdote, right? It's just what I'm seeing, but. You know, after 20-something years of watching hockey, like, it's, it's, just, it, it's, it's frustrating, I guess, because I, I know it's like you should be able to net that. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Who knows how many hours of audio have been recorded and ink spilt over Carolina's terrible power play, and it's all justified. Like, yeah. the, the worst part about it is it's in – Haunts my nightmares. Uncomprehensible comprehensible amount of time has been spent on it and still not enough because it's still garbage. Uh, but, like, they get in the zone. They set up. They do it. Like, it, it early in the season, they would get in the zone and not move. And look, it looked terrible. They would pass back and forth, but they weren't moving. You can't generate off anything off of that because literally the defense can just stand still too and they'll be fine. Now they're moving, but... The, the, they get stuck on looking for that that perfect grade A lane, then they're not mm-hmm. shooting until they see it, and that no, like just no, that's not what you do on a power play. And I, I realize like I'm not an NHLer, I'm not Red Brandon anymore, and I like I'll take that, but 
at the same point, I've seen a lot of power play goals scored by other teams that put it on net, and then someone like Nathan is in front of the net there for the rebound. That's, that is a proven method, and it seems like we have no interest in that. We need a quantity of goals over quality mindset that we do not have on our power play. I, I'm with you 100%. They're looking Which for is the funny because we have it five on five. Five right. on five, we're all about taking shots. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's the frustrating part. Is it, it's not that they're not capable. They can do it five on five, but you lose the defender, and they're like, I have too much time and space. I really believe it's one of those, like, you have too much time to think. You just need to kind of go with muscle memory. You know, it's the other day I, I made a comment on Twitter. I'm watching the power play. It kept coming out to the point, And every time the pass went to the right side. And I forgot who was on the left, Jarvis or somebody was on the Jarvis. left. I'm like, oh, that's right. Because I texted Ray. I'm like, Jarvis is in Ovi's office, wide open. There's nobody there, right? There's there's a defender close to the goalie who would be a good screen for you, and he's wide open, and they're just not even looking to pass to the left side. I don't understand this right-sided cycle. I don't know if that's by design. I've seen enough now. I, I kind of wonder, is like this how they practice it? But like the whole left side of the ice is being ignored during that that you know that power play, and I think several times that game. Okay, when the you know for newer folks, when you only have four players on the ice and you're on the kill you typically are in a diamond formation or a box and the offense yeah. wants to move one of those guys out of position to try and get a two on one. And then you try and get it to an open guy in the net. Well, if you're ignoring the left half of the ice, those four defenders are only having to cover four guys. They, they'll never be out of position. Makes it much easier. Doesn't it? If you always go to one side, I mean, eventually your opposition's going to understand mm-hmm. what the plan is, like what your plan is. And they will do what they need to do to I'll defend be it. That again today, because I I hope I don't see a pattern. Because if I see it, then you can bet that the opposing coaches and players and video coaches have seen it. No question. Very frustrating. And and let's okay. And very quickly, I want to touch on Jarvis. Uh, not because UPS has lost my jersey and and I'm still waiting for it and right stuff. Here. I want I want my jersey so bad. So I won't talk about Jarvis just for that but how about his play all over the ice that he saved a goal so not only is he a great and very talented young winger he's also a goaltender with enough wherewithal to not close his hand on the puck in desperation I've seen it and I've watched hockey for so long how guys will dive in and instead of doing a sweep, they'll put their hand over top of it and immediately you call, you call a penalty or sometimes it's missed Mm -hmm. refs don't always see it, but you see them actually close their hand on the puck and it's done. He was there and just doing anything. He dove across like he was playing soccer and that sweep out with the puck right on the line Man, what more do you want out of Jarvis? I mean, he is trying very hard. He's snake bit, but that was fantastic. A 25-year-old Seth Jarvis is going to be an incredible hockey player. Once he has his size and once he is used to what he needs to do in the league, he is going to be remarkable. Yep. I agree. 100%. He's so great, Colin. That was... yeah. 
Short to the point. <laughs> Short and to the point, but absolutely correct. Uh, what? So the so the game does get started now in under two hours. What are we looking at, guys? So real quick, just because Colin brought it up, that and I don't think anybody's surprised to hear Anderson's tweak something. Colin, do you want to expand on that, or is that all we know? Rod just said in the press conference that he won't back because he had been sick, and that's why Kochekov was backing up Bronson. Mm-hmm. And now um, Rod came out in the pregame media session. It was like, yeah, he tweaked something. So Kochekov will be backing up Ronta again, but it's not serious, which means, you know, he could have, you know, bent a toenail back and doesn't right. feel ready to go. But right. uh, mm, I know uh, people get really hot on goalies really fast and, you know, just pure hate for no reason. Just like Ronta at the end of game three, he doesn't deserve any hate there. I don't want Anderson in the postseason. I'm sorry. If, if he ends his Hurricanes career without playing a single postseason game at this point, I think I'm fine with it. Did, wow. So I, so I was going to ask, did, did he confirm Ronta's in net today? Yeah. He did. Okay. So I was going to ask yeah. you guys, since we hadn't heard, do you put Kochekov in not because Ronta did anything wrong, but just to give Ronta a day of rest on the road so he's good for game five? Or do you ride the hot hand with Ronta? I'm – Ronta played so well, I would tend to go with Ronta. So I'm glad if that's the direction they're going, that that's what they're doing. But there is something to be said for, look, it's another road game. You know, maybe Kachekov gives you a little more energy, right? Ronta just gets a chance to rest up. It's a playoffs, right? It's every other day pretty much um, for this series. Uh, but I agree with you, Con. Anderson has been fantastic. This is not a knock on Freddie, but... Ronta's been so good and Kuchekov has been so good in relief because Freddie was hurt for all that time. I think Freddie lost that starting gig a while ago. So in order to get back in the net, he needs to show that he's playing better than Ronta and Kuchekov. Which you can't do in the playoffs. Which you, you don't have an do, opportunity right. to prove that. Um, and I don't think Anderson's getting resigned. I think Ranta, or I'm sorry, I think uh, Anderson's probably played his last game as a Hurricane. I'd be absolutely shocked if they brought him back mostly because of the injuries not because of how he's played but even if Kachekov's your number one next year if you know if as much as Anderson gets hurt and, and tweaks things like you you know <laughs> what happens with Kachekov you know it's a back-to-back and Kachekov played and then you know Anderson tweaks something again you know so uh, all love to Freddie Anderson he I think he came down you know after having you know, the knock in Toronto about the playoffs and, you know, he didn't have success here long-term in the playoffs because he was injured, but I think he came in and showed like he can have best in the quality seasons. Like he was fourth in voting last year and shouldn't have been, he should have been probably second, certainly above Markstrom, at least third. Uh, that yeah. Markstrom well, he got shooting. injured. So they took him down. Right. Which was a joke. I mean, he was, he was yeah. injury, no injury. He was having a phenomenal year. So um, yeah, but just, if you're the coach, you don't know in, do you, do you just stick with Ronta and say, hey, look, the, the guy's been rock solid. He's making all the saves. Game three wasn't on him. Or do you say, you know, Kuchekov is, you know, he's kind of like the wild Russian, right? Or the mad Russian, maybe, whatever the the colloquialism is. And, you know, do, do you do that just for some energy? Or I don't, I don't think there's a wrong answer either. I, I think I trust either of those guys to win you a game. It's funny that you said Mad Russian because I originally said that I did want Kochekov in game. Actually, I wanted him in game three, but just for like mental warfare purposes, I just wanted uh, the Islanders not to have a game plan because there's no way they would have prepared for 
Kochekov in that. And I would have lied about it too. I would have gone to the media, been like, yeah, it's Ranta. And then right before puck drop, be like, okay, kid, get in the net. Just to mess with them. Rod, obviously much better coach than I am, didn't do that. But then I said it again for game uh, four. I was like, no, I'm, I'm just here to mess with the Islanders. Go ahead and put Kochekov in. And then someone sent me uh, a DM on Twitter that was like, that's actually dumb. But not for the reason you think. Is that Kochekov's going to bring a ton of energy. Yeah, of course. And it's going to be a great show. And it's going to be super entertaining. But what happens when an Islanders player skates into him? What happens when an Islanders player purposely snows him? He's going to get chippy. He's going to throw a punch and probably get a penalty called against. So at least in UBS, probably not a good idea. So yeah, you got to stick with Raja because no way for checkoff doesn't do something that we would love and would also be a penalty. I like that. Re- I like that rationale. If, if for some reason, any point in the series things, you know, you feel like you need to change it up. I, I like that, especially if it's at, at home in Carolina. Because you're right, Kochekov, you know, you know, he took on the rat who's a lot smaller than him, but still is, you know, one of the, the best known, you know, uh, uh, kind of, you know, one of those kind of uh, agitators, agitators. Thank you. In, in the league and, and stood up to him as like, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking any of your guff. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I think that's great. I think, you, yeah, you keep that as, you know, an ace in your pocket. Right. Let me be contrarian once more. Um, Is that all you I, do? God, no, not all. You know what? It's and and as Brad, as Brad has pointed, as Brad has pointed out, uh, it's remarkable the echo chamber aspect that he and I have. We we think a lot alike. In this particular case, I think Ranta is your only choice um, until you're absolutely in desperate times. Not because, you know, you want to change things up, not because whatever. He's your guy. And the more confidence you show in him, the better it is. The contra- So we all agree, Ranta's the guy. I, I have not given up on Anderson. And I think, I think that if he were put into a situation where he had to succeed, where this, where it was all on the line, that he could, and he would. He has shown the times. Yes, he gives up the soft ones, and makes these ridiculous ten bell saves, just like every goaltender. Like Ranta is, you know, he has had that before too, where he'll have a soft one or whatever, but then he he got, uses his Gumby legs and go go gadget arms, and he's making these say, you know what I mean, and but and that's what Anderson uh-huh. does. And I'm 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 not like he just has more experience in the playoffs. Kochetkov, I look whichever the way they went, I'd be happy. Goaltending is the last of my worries about this team. It's the last of it. I, if if Rod de- if Rod decided we're gonna go with Kachetkov today for whatever reason because he's ha- on a hunch, great, that's fine. No one, uh, there's so many other teams in the league that when you look at them and say, "Wait, you're putting the backup in," that's a little, you know, whatever. No, you don't do that here because you know what you're getting. What you're getting is talent and skill and ability 
and they've got it all. So goaltending, whoever they put in, in my eyes, including Anderson, it doesn't matter. Goaltending is not the issue. Good point. If if the Canes can score three, any of those three guys work. Absolutely. But they got to score three. And that right. means Honestly, you gotta, they just have to score two. They don't even have to score three against the Islanders. If they can just score two. Yeah, that's a game win against the Islanders. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's what it's been so far. And look, uh, I mean, let's uh, playoff success relies almost solely on your your special teams, your goaltending, and your secondary scoring, and. We don't have sec. We, sorry, our secondary scoring is we've got. We don't have primary scoring, and that is a big problem. A big problem. Couple that with, you know, a power play that, you know, honestly, they they can't they can't find an open net. It's like they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and it's getting tiring, right? So, look, the the goaltending, I think, will be okay no matter who we put in. I'm not giving up on Anderson uh, just yet. When he is called into play, he'll be ready to go. When he's ready to be called into play, and count on when when he when Anderson is no longer uh, either sick or tweaked or whatever, he'll be the backup again. The backup is, let me make that, again, perfectly clear. Ranta is the guy, but if we need to go to a backup situation, if Anderson is healthy, that's where I want, and that's not besmirching Piotr the Great. I love him. I love the kid. And further to that, what you had mentioned earlier, he's been in net where he's been snowed or bumped a few times before, and he gets this snow into his face and stuff. And I've seen him just shrug that off and not react. It's different in the playoffs when they break Tobor's hand, when they assault oh, Jordan sure. and then sit on him. Like emotions run high. And I could totally see, you know, a third period and who pick a player. It's Matt Morn. Matt Morn comes up behind and, you know, taps Peter on the back of the uh, lake. Think Peter's not gonna turn around and be like, hey man, I'll end your life right here, right now. What's up? Like <laughs> he's certainly saying that in Russian to Martin. I mean, that's what he's saying for sure. But yeah, you, you've got a point. He can be he could be tweaked. It'll be it'll be interesting. Um, we got lots to, more to talk about here. Let's we've do do we want to make our prediction for the game now or or let's maybe hold off on that? We'll go around the league. Because there's a lot to talk about. Um, we'll go around the league. Last night, guys, a former Hurricane, huge, huge goal in overtime to get the Devils back into that series. New York kind of throttling New Jersey, making them look like punks. And then yesterday in Madison Square Garden, New Jersey comes up big. What do you guys think? For, great for Dougie. I've always loved Dougie. Somewhere in here, I have a sign, Dougie Jersey. Um, but New Jersey is not going to win this round. This is not their series. It's not their year. Um, nope. And I, I, I've said this the entire time. They're just too young. They're too inexperienced. They haven't been there yet. 
end a lot of the playoffs is learning how to get abused. Like, there's no better way to put it. You have to learn how to get abused, and then you can go win a cup. Maybe even two, if you're great, three. But they haven't done any of that. So there was no chance they were ever going to go far. And then they got paired up. Really, they were screwed. Because if they got paired up against us, we would have handled them. If they got paired up against the Rangers, the Rangers are going to handle them. Like, same thing if they were against Toronto or Boston. They would have been handled. The only saving grace was no one, because the Islanders would have beat them too. Like, there was just, it's not so you. Come back next year, you have a real chance. It's not so you. There's always a learning curve, right? And you just got to get that experience. You get your feet wet the first time, and and then away you go. Um, Brad? I mean, I don't know. Colin summed that up pretty well. Uh, if, if you're going to get beat and learn something, the Rangers are the right team to do it, right? They can score, yeah. they're physical. They have all the things that you don't want to face in the playoffs. So in terms of a learning experience, it's a perfect round for New Jersey. Um, I really would like to see this go. I was hoping that this might go four and the Rangers would sit. That always tends to be a bad thing for teams in the playoffs if they win around quickly and their opponents don't, right? And then you're just kind of sitting around. But if the, you know, if if it's not going to go four, five now, I'd like it to go seven. Like I'd love to see New Jersey put up a fight and just, you know, it's the playoffs for newer folks. It really is a war of attrition. You know, we've already lost patches and Kasha and Sveshnikov and, you know, Tavo, at least for the, you know, for the round. And you, all you can do is hope that everybody else has the same thing go on, right? Yeah. You, you got it right. Hey, you, when you're looking at the other series in the league while you're in the playoffs, you want a sweep one way or the other, or you want seven games. And a, and a, just a slogging fight or whatever, like, you know, injuries and nicks and cuts and the whole yeah. bit. That's what you want. You want it seven or you want it four so that they can sit on their arses and just practice for a little while and stuff. And it's hard to get their game going when you get that started. It's just, it's cliche, yeah. but things become cliche because there's in. truth it really in is, it. Yeah. yeah. There's always, there's always truth in it. Um, Toronto versus Tampa Bay. How about uh, how about Toronto winning in overtime to get the home ice back? First of all, that first game that they played. Could you imagine being a Leafs fan and sitting no, in I'll that crowd? Right no, no, well, I no, no, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think you can. Like that's eternal suffering. You got to be. Uh, is I think it's sadomasochistic. It, that's the one where you're punishing yourself. Yeah. That, yeah, that, I mean, that's what it is, right? And I was looking at them going, this is the team that, that they, how did in the world did they finish ahead of Tampa? How in the world did they make it into the playoffs looking like this? This is horrendous. And then you turn around a game two, and it was like Tampa said, you thought you guys stunk last night? Watch this. You know, like we will outstink you. Exactly. Like I, I was it's stunning. This series is gonna go back and forth. Is there any way it doesn't go seven? Oh, I hope not. I hope it goes seven. <laughs> I hope the Leafs pull up. Well, my prediction was if it goes six, the Leafs can win. Yeah. If it goes seven, I think mentally they're gonna be blocked and they're gonna lose. But uh, a former guest from the show, you know, Courtney Dagger, I know is a big Leafs fan. Uh, so there are people like that. And and I kind of mentioned this early in the program. 
generally I find the teams that I don't like, I often, it's not that I don't like the team. I don't like the fans of the team. Right. And you just, you just combine those into one entity. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't have anything personally against, you know, Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner or any of those guys, but Leafs fans as a whole. Yeah. You know, not a big it, fan, but I will say that for folks like Courtney and like Steve Dangle, who's I always catch, you know, his, his weekly shows. I would like to see the Leafs pull this out. You can do it. I understand that Tampa Bay is like your nemesis and that they have made just embarrassed you last year, just made you look bad. You can do this, but you have to do it in six games because if it goes seven, I don't have any confidence in you whatsoever. What do you do it in think, six. Colin? Just, just do it. Just, just win, win the next, you know. Yeah. You know, win win I, two more and then just be done and, and move on. And then you'll get that off your back and then lose in the second round. Like I hope you do. There you go. Well, I I don't think that Toronto can run three games in a row against uh, Tampa. So, oh, I mean, yeah, no, it would be three because the one they just won. Uh, so I don't know if they're doing that. But I think in game one, uh, Toronto drank their own Kool-Aid and they were like, well, you know, Tampa's not as good as they used to be. This is going to be an easy one for us. We're the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then Tampa is Tampa. So they came out and just stomped them. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, do you not know we were a dynasty store? Yeah. And then, of course, Toronto is also a, a very good team, so they came back in Game Two with the response. Is what you want to see. So Game Three, where the old OT uh, decider was probably the first like real game of this series where we saw that both teams at their full strength. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Toronto has the ability to beat Tampa. They really, really, really do. Tampa is the most experienced playoff team right now. So. And that counts for something. I don't know. I don't. I, I thought I knew before the series that Toronto was going to just eke it out, but I don't know. What I what I will say is, even if Toronto does win a round, they're not getting past game two because yeah. winning that one round will be the cup that year. They don't care about the actual cup because they made it out of the fourth round. But that's what it will be. Yeah. That's a, that's a good call. That's and it was a good kind call. of fun last night. You had an O'Reilly and then a Riley, right? So you have Ryan O'Reilly ties it, and then you have Riley and OT. Which, and by the way, bothers me when I'm watching it, but whatever. <laughs> nice. My, my, I have honestly, to like my, take a second to process it. For you know, I know people have been bagging on Timo Meyer in New Jersey, like, oh, he should have come here. You know, it's proof that people, you know, that the, those late season trades don't necessarily make a difference. And as soon as Ryan O'Reilly scored that goal, the first thing I did was sent Ray a message. It was like, yeah, yeah but sometimes it works. Like, yeah, you know, Ryan sometimes O'Reilly it was does on my work. early list, right? Him and Taryn Senko, like, they, those guys score goals. Yes, they do. they're slow. Yes, they're not as good as defense as they used to be. Yes, they're old, but they score goals. Sorry. It happens. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. And a, you say you're supposed to be scoring goals? Is that part of the game? It, it that's how this works. Like it's a good idea. Really? I'm not saying you, you have to do it to win. Shocking. But I am saying that. I need to make a call, know. guys. I think we've really messed some things up in Carolina. Excuse me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, a triple OT zero zero game sounds fun, I'm sure, to oh my God. people who were over the only age of 75. And yeah. eat things only with spoons because they go, Oh, I love defensive hockey. Oh, zero, zero, triple overtime sounds great. Oh, yeah. my God. Sure, it does. Yeah. Trip Tracy and Kevin Weeks would be losing their mind. Meanwhile, everyone <laughs> oh, else turned off the game. They're like, Screw this. Like, yeah. Tell me about it when it's over. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. If it's zero zero after like one overtime, I, even I'm sorry, even if unless it's like a Stanley Cup Finals Carolina game, I'm probably going to do something else and have the TV on just so I know what happens. I mean, I, sorry, wa- I, I I don't want to bring back the. You you went from the eighties where scoring was just like you, you could not score goals. Yeah, you know, you, you have the 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 Muse in the in the uh, Gretzky era, and two hundred point seasons for guys and and you know I think the net at the time was like the size of like a soccer goal and like you just couldn't keep it out, and then you get into like the mid nineties trap era and all the games are like two to one and one to nothing, and I promise you I would much rather have the eighties or what's going on today than. Than those gosh awful slow pylons all over the ice who have zero hockey skills and can barely skate, but they can hit people. Gosh, I hate that so much. 80s, 80s NHL goaltending is optional. That really was the, yeah. the feel of it way back when. Let's uh, let's get our final Eastern Conference series through here. And there are a lot of people that were. Uh, happily excited by the game two victory that the Panthers put on Boston to take away the home ice advantage only to turn around and give it right back uh, in game three. How do you see this, uh, this playoff series going? This has been, it's been, uh, it's been physical, certainly lots of uh, knuckle chucking at the end of game two. Um, what what do you think where this is going? Do, does Florida really have a chance? I mean, I think Brad, both of us, uh, just because of you know Lions' former uh, association with the Hurricanes and his strength and the way he played down the stretch, we we picked five. We gave we gave the series to Boston in five, uh, just because of Lion alone. Do you think this? could go any further what have you have you been watching what i'm watching i don't know like i think it could actually go a little bit longer which is to me a little surprising yeah you know we saw alex lyon last year with the wolves he did a fantastic job in the calder cup along with kochekov the guys saw it and that's really what the kitties need is they just need a chance to be in it they're scoring more goals against the bruins who have a phenomenal offense and excellent defense than the Hurricanes are against yep. a much lesser opponent. So they're they're in it. Do I think they can really win? The series, not really. Do I think that they'll go past the five games? I thought, I think that's probably reasonable. And if they could squeak it out in seven games, if Florida could somehow pull that miracle upset, um, number one, I've already said I'll buy a Lion jersey. If, if they pull it out, I, I 100% is plunking down money for a Lion jersey. And I will wear it around town all the time. <laughs> but it, it's it, it's not you know initially i'm like okay there's like a one percent chance of that happening and maybe now i'm like there's like a five percent chance of that happening but it's still better you know what i mean like yeah if they can come out in the next game and tie this thing up the best of three and then they're in boston's head you know boston doesn't think they're going to drop two to the kitties nobody yeah, no in boston, question not the fans not the coaches not the players nobody thinks they're going to drop two everybody says yeah you can get one squeaker once in a while but if they can win two and tie this up two two, then then you're kind of then you start messing with the Bruins' minds a little bit, and then you start to wonder, okay, you know, can the Bruins keep it together without Bergie in there? They they as in the Florida Panthers had a real chance to win this series at puck drop of game one 
Like they, they could have, Boston was down and out because whatever illness is going through their system. Um, I'm not forgetting his name. This is embarrassing. Person? Oh my God. Thank you. Oh my God. That was so bad. All I could think was Marshan. I was like, no, anyway, yeah. uh, he's out like this. It's real. They had a chance, but what ended up happening here was that Paul Maurice gave the series away in a press conference, which coaches can do. I, I don't remember the exact quote, but the paraphrase is that we're going to, um, systematically embarrass Boston every shift, every period, every game until we win. Listen, Paul, love you. Chairman Mo, great guy. What are you doing? That is that is the definition of bulletin board material. So you yeah. went to the best, the statistically best team to ever exist in the National Hockey League. And you had the leg up at the start of the series. And you're like, oh, you know what I should really do? I should just really these guys off. I should give them the motivation they need to work through this adversity and win the series. So, I mean, Boston still has it, but I, I guess good on Florida for giving them a, you know, a little bit of pushback. Yeah. Hey, let's, uh, let's move back. Let's move into the West. Look at the, uh, this is one Brad's excited about. I know, uh, True. The LA Kings have a 2-1 lead both of their games in overtime over Edmonton. How how in the world like this is the entertaining series I knew it would be. It's been fun to watch. Very very fun to watch. I'm enjoying it. Uh I I'm assuming long lost relative Trevor Moore nets an OT winner to beat the Oilers in overtime. And I'm ecstatic. <laughs> I have so I, this is the opposite of what I normally find. I, I mentioned just a little bit ago. I normally find that I don't like the fans of a team, and therefore I don't like the team. This is the opposite. Mm-hmm. Oiler fans that came down in 06 were the most gracious, fun. We had a great time, you know, in, in yep. the Stanley Cup playoff battle. They were. You never. You know, see, they, they, I'll, I was I'll, say they're hospitable. They they were friendly. We're like we they brought beer. We gave them food. Everybody had a good time. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, and Brad, I, I I jump in just to say, as an anecdotally say, that is absolutely the case unless they're playing the Flames. Once they're playing the Flames, all bets sense. are off, and you see. I mean, it's it's fugly is what it is. It's just plain <laughs> fugly. But continue on, Brad. I want you to continue. So this on. is this is the opposite. Like, I don't like anything about the Oilers. They have two of the best players in the league in Dry Saddle and McDavid. And I don't like McDavid. He, I, although he, he has done a few things on a personal level. I'm like, okay, maybe he's not, you know, the worst thing ever, but it is what it is. But then you have this idea that if if we can just have two guys score enough goals, we can win a championship. And goaltending can be suspect and we can have no defense and we can have fair to moderate support from our bottom six, but we'll win. And, and you can't. And and I don't want them to win because I don't want GMs to think that that's how you build a team because they don't have a team. They have two guys and okay goaltending and a little bit of support, and that's it. And the Hurricanes have shown if you can shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl, you can beat them. And I want everybody to know that. I want teams to know that just having the best player in the league isn't enough. This isn't basketball. Having LeBron James on your team doesn't mean you're going to the finals. Having Conor McDavid on your team does not mean you're going to the finals. You actually have to have a team. It's a team sport. It's what I like about hockey. So I am a huge Kings fan for the duration of this one. 
And I would love to see this one go five, you know, six, I think is what I think I ended up saying Kings and seven. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers have the firepower. They can do it. But I'm, I'm fully on the Kings bandwagon for this one. I think you're you're besmirching the good name of Nugent Hopkins, who also got to 100 points this season. Fair, fair. Uh, so just point that out there. I had him in fantasy. It's the only reason I like that man did a lot for me. So I'm thankful. But yeah. I, I mean, this is LA in my head in seven games probably, just because it's going to be what it always is with Edmonton. They're going to be like, oh yeah, we're the big man on campus. We have some of the best players in the league. We still don't play defense, but we're not worried about that because we're going to outscore everyone. And then they just don't. And then they get in their own heads and they're like, wait, what's going on? I thought we, like, this is post girl coronation. Why aren't we winning? Basically, they think they're the Gretzky Oilers. But they're really the Gretzky Oilers against the Islanders. Like, you, it, it's not it. it. You're not it. Yeah, you know what? A, they, I, real quick, Ray, I, I like the comparison. The difference is, and what they've forgotten is, yes, you had Wayne Gretzky. Look at the guys you had around Gretzky, right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I can Ray could probably yeah. name them all. I mean, I can give you Paul Coffey and a couple of those guys, but Coffee, you had Anderson. Gretzky. You had the best player in the game, but you also had seven or eight other guys and decent goaltending backing them up. Yep. They're living I mean, in the fantasy world, which is fine. It's fine with me because I want to see them lose, but yeah, <laughs> it's not a just, way to build a hockey team. I mean, just off the top of my head, okay? Uh, Curry, Messier, Anderson, Teak, and then, I mean, the, the, it goes on A couple of Hall of Famers on. in there, maybe, right? A few, yeah, exactly. So they had so much. And, it, and now it was a different style game back then, too, because the top line was Gretzky, Curry, Semenko, a former Whaler, by the way. Yes, he was. Um, but, I mean, he was out there policing everything and giving them all the space that they needed. And they just ran roughshod over everyone. I mean, that doesn't even talk about the guys like the, the defensemen, like, you know, Kevin Lowe was out there. I mean, there's so many great players on that team. It was an all-star team. It was an all-star team. So different story. The, the thing, the difference this year between over last year, and yes, last year they made it all the way to the Western Conference final. And they're expecting more this time. And they're getting extra support from, as you know, as Colin pointed out, Nugent Hopkins. But how about Hyman and Yamamoto? And they've got a new defenseman, Ekholm, that they picked up at the deadline. What a pickup that was. And Skinner's playing out of his mind a rookie of the year goaltending. He is playing fantastic. So everything should be better. They have a reason to not just be the two-man team, but they still make their mistakes. I mean, the power play goal that uh, was the result of uh, yesterday's game, Ryan Nugent Hopkins took took the penalty. I mean, it was, guys, you got to take care of yourself. Edmonton goals on the power play. Yeah. It was, it was the McDavid show on offense again. Crazy. How All about you have to do if you're LA, honestly, if you're LA, just stay out of the box. You can yeah. win the series. Just, just stay out of the box. You'll win. This isn't playoff specific, but it's been something that's been kicking around in my head that the, you could tell that Ken Holland didn't really know what his problem was 
when he went after Evander Kane because, you know, personal things aside, his personality, things he's done, the crimes he's committed, all that pushed aside, whatever. <laughs> we're going to ignore that <laughs> for Aside from the crimes. That's, that's what not what they needed, right? Like, they, they weren't out here like, oh, my God, we need someone who can play with McDavid. That's not what you guys needed, but that's, yeah. they really pushed for that. So, if anything, that shows that they're just not ready for prime time yet. The they don't know they what they need to fix yet. A real number one goaltender? And yep. Honestly, they don't even need the defense. If they had a real number one goaltender, that's probably all they needed. Probably. Probably. No, they're going to get Kane, but the like the bad one. Yeah. How's about how's about uh, the Avs and the Seattle Kraken? I can't tell you how happy I am for the success of the Kraken. They're having their first uh, playoff game in in the NHL in almost a hundred years, they did win a Stanley cup back in the twenties. Seattle did the Kraken are just, uh, they're so entertaining to watch. And the fact that they're facing the abs and giving them everything they can handle, they're not going to be enough to beat the abs, but I'm looking at this the same way as I look at Boston, Florida, there's part of you that wants to see the, the Kraken succeed and win. I don't think they will, but man, they are saying we are here and we're something to be dealt with. They go down three, one last night. And then in 20 some seconds, it's three, three. I mean, then that snapped the abs awake to finally finish out the game and win it. But man, oh man, they were, it was sensational. I, I loved it. I, I don't know if you guys saw, but for the first playoff game, the like goodie bags they gave to credentialed media members included a like, um, I don't want to say memorabilia because that's not what it was, but a like commemorative. There we go, a commemorative bottle. I, I don't remember if it was scotch or not, but of like Kraken branded alcohol, and like a nice big bottle of it. I would have done anything to be credentialed <laughs> to cover the Kraken this year. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, they don't, it's not that they don't have a chance, it's that they, they do have a chance because Colorado is stupid injured and has been all year. But at the same point, Colorado knows how to win defending Stanley Cup champions. And I don't think it's possible, but I don't think they're going to allow literally the little kid of the league, the baby of the league, to try to push them around. Yeah, I, I agree. I would love to see Seattle win though, because I would love for all the, you know, the old men to, to oh, the new guys are made it to round two. This is the worst thing ever. Like, no, no, this is how you bring in new fans. Like this is how you grow the game. Yep. This is what people want. So I, I'm fine with either team winning. I don't think either of them is going all the way anyway, but I like seeing, I like seeing Seattle get out there. I mean, they're, they've put seven or eight goals the series so far against Colorado. Colorado just is able to score more, you know? So Good series. It's it's been fun to watch the the pieces that I've gotten to see. I really didn't want the Kraken to get punked. You know what I mean? Like to just come in there and just get throttled. You know, and and they might have thought that, and many might have thought that that was certainly going to be the case. But they're really showing their metal here, and I love it. I love everything about it. How about uh, Vegas uh, arriving in Winnipeg for the whiteout? And 
this has been a, I mean, here it is. Hellebuck's got to win the series for them, for, for Winnipeg, doesn't he? Because Vegas is just Mark Stone's goals in in the 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 second game that they won. Have you ever seen anyone that happy? Like honestly, the, he he was excited. He was very excited, and it was it's contagious, right? And and for a guy who has been oh he's he's it's like he picked up a, a, a bad penny, just so many injuries that he's had. You know what I mean? Like, uh, honestly, just so many injuries and it's frustrating and he's got so much talent. And then he shows up and scores and it was like, Oh, I don't even know how to, I mean, he was so happy. Was it was great to see. And thank you. I, you know what? I, I, people say I couldn't carry a tune in a boat, but sometimes I, you know, in a bag, but some, you know, I think uh, I think you got something going there. Maybe maybe yeah. I could sing the intro for us here. Oh, no, I won't sing the I, intro I, I for us. That. No, we won't be doing that. Colin, what do you think about that series? Vegas, uh, they're up to one now. But this is I mean, it's, it, series. I think it's honestly Vegas's series to lose, but I also don't want them to win, like on a personal standpoint. So I don't know, like, uh, I, I'm cheering against my brain here, but it, it, it's Vegas' game, a uh, series to lose in my eyes. No question. Yeah, Brassois has been great for them, too. I like seeing him succeed as for in the goaltending aspect and stuff. Brassois is, is great. You know, there's things to... There's things to like about both teams, but it, it, what it comes down to, Hellebuck has to be next to perfect. That's really what it's got to be, or or Vegas is going to run away with it. In in my thought, Brad, what what do what do you think? Uh, a couple of quick ones. One, we know so the 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 scores in this one have been five one, five two, and five four in OT. So. Next game, whoever gets to five first is going to win, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, at least they're making it consistent for us, right? I want Vegas to win because ultimately I would like to see Vegas and the Kings square off because I talked about Jonathan Quick, and I think that would just be one heck of a storyline. I know that, you know, he may that... not be the go-to guy at the moment, but part of me just wants to see Jonathan Quick in there in net, right? That would be sensational. That, that would be fantastic. You know, I, I'm looking for storylines out west because I any team from the west that wins is fine by me, except for Edmonton. I really don't care. Otherwise, who wins? I'd probably prefer the stars if the Canes can't do it. But yeah, yeah, to go team Finland, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's I will the... say that Winnipeg is is battled tougher than I thought it would be. Like I, I think I said this was probably going to go six ish games or so, and. You know, I mean, you have to win two to do that, right? You know, yeah. But but Winnipeg's played really well, I think. So I'm congrats to them so far. It's yeah, I think Hellebuck is. I think you said it on our, you know, on the prediction show last week. You know, if if they're going to win, it's because he takes the team on his shoulders and wins. Yep, and that's it's still proving still proving true. The final series that we have not talked about has also been ridiculously entertaining, but confusing also. Um, Dallas and Minnesota, there's not a lot of, uh, friendliness 
between these two teams. I thought it was a lot more physical, a lot more feisty than than I kind of expected. But someone's got to ask the question. I love I love the flower. Why in the world was he in net for game two? Gustafson played fantastic. And yes, it was a double overtime. But guys, this is the playoffs. You know, if you're if you're if you're healthy, you're going. You know what I mean? Like, why did they go to flower? Because he got blown out and it's not, none of it was really on flower. This was another game where the team just disappeared in front of him and he was hung out to dry, but man, oh man, what were they thinking? It's funny to me, actually, as a fan of Carolina, where everyone going into the off season or postseason was like, oh, they're going to do a tandem. They're going to do a tandem. They're going to do a tandem. And then Rod Brindamore, I again, I don't remember his exact statement, but before the, uh, I, I want to say it was game 81, he was asked, do you know who you want in the postseason yet? And he said, yeah. And they were like, oh, okay, well, do you see a different player coming in to relieve them shortly after? He's like, no, hopefully. We would only ever see one goal the entire time. That's what you want. You want them to get into that rhythm. And then Minnesota's just like, nah. We're going to do whatever we want here and continue our rotation from the regular season, which just makes no sense to me. I get it if, much like I, I putting Kochekov in in game three would have been, it, it's a mess of someone's mind, but to immediately switch after the OT made no sense to me. And I, I don't know. I, it, it's, it's the most entertaining series to me, excluding the Hurricanes, because that, you know, the Portsmouth don't touch that one. But I don't, I don't understand that move, and we'll see if they actually continue the rotation going forward because they have taken so much flack from the entirety of the hockey world about how stupid that was. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, th- this has been like the shootout series, right? You know, like mm-hmm. I think five to two or three to two, seven to three, five to one. I mean, if you want to see scoring, this is the series to watch. I definitely thought the goals four would be flipped. Dallas is so good. You know, they got all the fins, much like Carolina. That's one of the reasons I like watching them, right? Play a, kind of a similar style. I definitely saw this going in the opposite direction, but it's still tight. And Minnesota's no joke. Uh, so I, this is, if you're going to watch one series out West, this is probably the most exciting one to watch. Um, I yeah, think- you know what? Uh, this is something that's, the, uh, if I could just interject a little bit, are am I the only one that's stunned at how many goals are being scored in this particular series based on the fact that it's Ottinger in Dallas and it's and it's Gustafson and uh and the flower in Minnesota? Like I did not believe that there were gonna be sure the offenses are great, you know, Robertson's outstanding. I mean, they got Jamie Benn. They've got a lot of talent, you know. It's we're, definitely we're... something I was uh, in game one, I should say, like partway through game one. I was like, what is going on here? But yeah. I mean, after three games, you can see that once one team broke the other one open, they were like, okay, that's what we're going to do. If it's not going to be a defensive series, if we're just going to score goals, they'll just all crash the net and push people around and be physical and 
you know, the one who can, I, I realize this is how traditionally hockey goes, but it's not always true in defensive series. Whoever wins the most, uh, whoever gets the most goals will win. So let's put five in at a time, six, seven. Why not? I just, I did not see it being a high scoring affair in this one, not with the talent that they had. Yeah. Defensively, I didn't realize Minnesota was capable of putting up those kind of numbers. And that's yeah. just because I don't watch a lot of the Minnesota games, right? They're in the West and late start times. And so I, I thought Dallas was capable. Yeah. I, I did not realize Minnesota was. So, you know, maybe Otter's just a little off. I mean, all right. So, look, very quickly. Uh, we're going to wrap things up, but we can't leave without uh, having a prediction here uh, for at least let's just do today's game. We're an hour and about 15 minutes away from start time. I'm getting anxious, excited. Uh, like I want to get the game going here right away. What do you guys think? What are we expecting? What do you want? What's your prediction for the score? Canes take game four, come back to rally with a 3-1 series lead with a 3-1 win this afternoon, and I'm giving them an empty netter. So that's, it's a 2-1 game, then they get the empty net. Power play goals or no? I'm not insane. Well, come on now. Look, game one, power play goal after five seconds, a second power yeah. play goal. It did exist. So what, what happened there was that they were like, oh, what if we took shots from the point? And then it worked twice. And that was amazing. And then now they're just like, well, we can only score power play goals from the point, which is not how it works. You're so unless right. they've decided that they want to, you know, just put pucks on net, maybe look for the greasy goals. No, no power play goals. Okay, very good. Brad, what do you think? I agree with them 100%. I was going to say 3-1 with an empty netter. I would absolutely not bet on the power play if if you're in a state that allows sports betting uh, if there is an over under on the power play and it said at half a goal bet the under the and he's right it's it's like oh we, we if we shoot from outside like maybe one of them will just magically redirect itself in i don't think so i think nosen needs to be in front of the net and i would put stall in front of the net i would put burns in front of the net i would put anybody who's over six feet in front of the net matter of fact i would change the power play and i would put two guys in front of the net Raise. You don't need four guys on the outside just moving the puck around for 45 seconds between shots. Put, put but it looks so pretty. Put, put, one on each, put one on each post, and then you have two people whacking the puck. It's They don't ask how. They ask how many. How yep. many is the only thing that counts in the playoffs. The only thing. I don't care if you don't make it on to Steve's hat picks. If the goal goes in and it counts, it counts. Just score the flipping goal. Yeah, the the goals do not have to look like the LA Kings overtime goal in game one, how perfect that power play one was. Like, that was redonkulous. Yeah, give, Easy. give me three greasy, grimy goals that all have to go under review and, and the call goes your way versus a one beautiful goal every time. 100%. If they could score three, then they win. If they score two against the Owls, they probably win. If it's a 2-1 game toward the end, that's probably it. But you got, you got to score too. As the show contrarian, I am going to suggest that uh, not only do the Hurricanes win, but they get a they get a power play goal. And the reason I'm doing this is because I've had a little bit of prognostication luck in the past, where from my mouth to the ears of the players, 
where I had stated that uh, our finish Aho was going to be able to finish and score. That's what I see today. I see him re-upping his effort and we're going to get an, uh, a power play goal. It's going to be, uh, it may not come from Aho himself, but he is going to score a goal. I see a deflection goal in front. Seth Jarvis from Burns who shoots the puck and it finds a way through and Jarvis is skating by and, and does a little deflection, beats Sorokin. We win the game 4-2. To, to be fair, Ray, normally they score those kind of goals when we badmouth them. So I would rephrase that into a negative if that. Also, by, by that saying negative? you would have been less contrarian to say the Islanders were going to win than to say we're going to score a power play goal. Just saying. <laughs> Isn't that Actually, scary? Right? Also, Aho can't score for at least another like three games because his next goal would give him the all time record for goals scored in the playoffs by, uh, by a. Uh, hurricanes or whaler skater so well, he's next year you know sure. he's gonna be snake bit but it's a little bit longer so, Aho, <laughs> we are saying Aho, you cannot score goals no in the playoffs absolutely this year it won't happen <laughs> definitely not a power play goal there's no way that it'll be a game winner just as long as it's a hat trick tonight i'll eat my hat like what whatever has yeah. natchez how about how about a a, a goal from natchez too I here. would like to see Natchez or KK get going. Either one. KK looked really good. He was throwing checks and finishing his checks in game one. We need to see that today in game four. It's been a fantastic episode, Colin. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Uh, very quickly, uh, promote yourself. Let people know where they can find you. There's a lot of stuff you can keep track of. There's the Home Ice Advantage podcast, which you can listen on any platform that you're currently listening to the Storm Cellar on. Then there's the Home Ice Advantage blog, which uh, that's a whole separate thing. So uh, just follow me online at Colin Home Ice on Twitter. There's also a Facebook page that is at Kane's Home Ice, something like that, and an Instagram page by the same handle. And that will give you the links to everything. All the homies say I'm a good follow. True, there's a sign somewhere that someone gave me. So, you know. Be a good homie. There you go. You know what, Colin? Always a pleasure to have you on. Definitely. Brad, you. another great episode in the Storm Cellar. We cellar dwellers uh, uh, bringing it. I hope the Canes are listening to us and that they bring it today too. Uh, but there's something missing, Brad. Go Canes. Go Canes. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone. Whether you're a Kaniac or a bunch of jerks, doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us by email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.